It is a war and there will be casualties and we must be soldiers. That is what Good Friday is about. God will ask horrible things of you. Horrible. Just look at what he asked of his own son. Just look at what Jesus had to endure today. We have to call it the new covenant because God's will, while perfect, changes. God's will dictates morality. And as God's will changes, so does morality change. It changed with the new covenant. It changed when Jesus came. And we must, as his army, shed the old covenant. And listen only to that. You rely on that compass. Good Friday is only good. The gospel of the Lord so full of horror is only good because of where it is headed. The resurrection today is only good because of what's coming Easter this Sunday when Jesus is risen and death itself is laying dead. What is otherwise horrible is good because of where it's headed. Welcome to God's army. We're going to do great things. Hello, club members, and welcome back to Crockett Island. Today, it is part two of our Midnight Mass review, and things are about to heat up. Whoop, whoop. It is time for communion, and I'm not sure if I'm ready for it emotionally. Blood of Christ? I'm not ready for this blood of Christ. This blood of Christ has a little <laughs> extra spice to it. It's a little spicy today. A little spicy. Got a kick. Yeah, I got a bit of a kick to this blood of Christ. <laughs> so just a heads up, we covered episode one through four already in our part one of Midnight Mass a couple of weeks ago. And so this is part two. We're covering the last of the series. It's episodes four. No, I'm sorry. Episodes five, six, and seven. So yep. the good stuff. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it, which we couldn't do in the last episode. And it was rough. It was it hard. Was, yeah, it was really hard because we were just trying to stick to the plot and not spoil too much. But guys, spoiler warning, if you want to watch Midnight Mass Go watch it right now. Come back. This is one that I would love for you guys to have watched before we talk about it. But also, um, if you haven't watched it and you're kind of on the fence, I think this will give you the convincing you need, especially if you've started it and you're like, ah, oh, the first few episodes are a bit slow. For me. I think that this will hook you. Give you the nudge nudge. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is the plot. This is one of those very rare movies slash TV series where the plot is fucking nuts. But when you watch it, it's even better because yes. there are things I cannot possibly fit into the summary. So this fucking episode won't be four hours long. Yeah, <laughs> that literally. you will get if you watch this shit. It's fucking amazing. And if you watch it and you're paying attention and um, if you're like me, you have a big old box of Kleenex next to you. Kate was bawling. I was bawling. And today, as I was reviewing my notes, I was crying again. This is an emotional series for me. Guys, so Kate is currently visiting me in, in Philly. And oh, yeah. we were both like preparing for the pod like the last few minutes before this. And Kate's literally sitting next to me sobbing, typing <laughs> on her computer. Kleenex. I was like, 
what the fuck? And then she was, we were getting ready and putting on like makeup and moisturizing and like we just woke up. And she's like, maybe I should put my mascara on afterwards. Like After she's we planning record. to cry, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna listen. I'm I, I put mascara on. Look, I put on mascara this morning. I am That's not a gonna cry. And I, I know Good. I'm not gonna cry. I mean, it's waterproof, obviously. I'm not a fool, but I'm still I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna have soggy eyelashes. I already did that and I posted it on Instagram <laughs> so that everyone else knows it's okay to cry at the canoe scene in episode five, you guys. If you know, you know. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. The weaponization of the song of my near my God to thee. Honestly, I, I don't feel know if it's weaponization. Do you feel personally attacked? I feel victimized by Mike Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that slow song, it's beautiful. I it's a beautiful weep. scene. Oh my God. There, this, these three episodes are so full of beautiful. Kate, are you crying sad tears or happy tears? Um, They're happy tears, right? Pain tears. Just They're like not happy tears, emotion, just yeah, just like deep feelings. <laughs> All the feelings, you know what? Kate brings the feelings. We already talked about this. <laughs> I bring the summary. Kate's like, I'm bringing the feelings. I'm like, All right, <laughs> as per usual, ready to cry. Let's go. <laughs> well, without further ado, let's talk about episode five because you guys yes. need to know what, what happens where we left off last. Ooh. Riley. Oh, goodness. At the wrong place at the wrong time. Riley. Yeah. Just to review, Riley just got attacked by the angel. Attacked. Fully attacked. Like neck snapped as broken neck. The angel was feeding on him. I thought that was really cool. Like how the vampire his. Yeah. Neck blood. Like you're not waking up easy from that one. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. I do like when they like reconnect his spine. They're like, don't worry, it'll heal. They just yeah. Thunk. So yeah, they just snap it right back because yeah. now he's got he's a little different when he wakes up, and he's got uh he's first of all he's alive, um second of all the lights look kind of funny to him, uh third of all his neck is like fully broken a ninety degree angle from his spine <laughs> yeah he's the bent neck lady he is giving bent neck lady for sure, and he's just <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on and the priest is trying to calm him down it's not going well. It's not going well. He's not taking it well. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone would be um, calm in that scenario, but he is like heavily panting. And it's like, isn't your phrenic nerve innervated by your spine? And if you broke your neck, wouldn't you stop breathing? Ariana, they're vampires. <laughs> I can't. They're vampires. Spoilers, Kate. Spoilers. spoilers. I, hey, I already gave a spoiler warning. And I think it's pretty obvious after the last episode when a giant winged bat creature... <laughs> yeeted this kid across the church and drained him of his blood. Listen, if you don't know that there's vampires in this fucking midnight mass <laughs> mini series that's been out for five years, you got to know one thing and that it's all vampires, okay? It's all vampires, but very unique, very religious vampires. It's awesome. Oh, it's so good. Vampires like you've never seen them before. It's so good. All right. We're at the Book of Gospel, which yes, is episode are. five. It's a great it's a great episode so riley just got fucked up by this mm-hmm. fucking angel so we open on aaron telling the sheriff that she's worried about riley oh. that he was supposed to come over last night to hang out but he never showed up never showed and up. she called his phone multiple times and he didn't answer this scene was so hard yeah 
And the sheriff asks about their last conversation. And Aaron tells him that, of course, it was about what they think happens when they die. Ooh. Seems suspicious. Um, so the sheriff sort of suspects that Riley might be on the mainland having relapse. Maybe his, you know, his alcoholism caused some sketchy shit to go down. Or maybe he even committed suicide based on their last conversation. So that's yeah. what he suspects. Because Aaron's like, well, he seemed fine. Like, we were talking about this, but he seemed fine. But, like, that's what they say about people yep. who aren't okay. Like, they seem fine. That's what the, sh- yeah, the sheriff says that. Yeah. So that night at Good Friday Mass. It is time for Midnight Mass. Just so everyone knows, Good Friday is the day that Catholics believe Jesus died. So... We're at Good Friday Mass. It's like three days before Easter. And Father Paul delivers this loud, scary sermon to a full congregation about how being a Catholic is like being in God's army and how they should be preparing for battle. And it's just a very different type of sermon because he has been giving sermons throughout the series that are passionate, pretty run of the mill things. No, they're passionate. Yeah, but they're like, you know, they're sermons. The content is run of the mill. Yeah. But this yeah. one's definitely different. It's scary. It's it's pretty scary. She's like, God's army will ask horrible things of you. And as God's yeah. will changes, morality changes. Yeah. It's like, uh... What? God? <laughs> what? And then he like mic drops at the end. He's like, welcome to God's army. We're going to do great things. And just like walks off the, he does. the stage. He just literally mic drops. It's so fucking funny. I was like, holy. A stunning performance, by the way, by our hot priest, Hamish Linklater. Hot priest, stunning performances Ooh, left and right. Left and right. This one was so good. And there's just something really scary about charismatic religious speakers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh no. Well, that's the thing, right? As he transitions from you know, just a regular priest to this toxic, almost cult leader, toxic shit's about to go down. Like he's a full, fully fledged, you know, toxic priest at this point. And I yeah. think this little monologue sermon thing he does really envelops that. But maybe we'll put mm-hmm. that at the beginning of the episode. I don't know. Kate gets to decide what goes at the beginning this time. I was thinking that when I was rewatching it today, I was like, holy shit, this is a good monologue. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe you guys already heard it. There's a lot of good monologues in these three episodes. We'll see. No promises. You're right. It's hard to decide. It's hard to decide. Hard to decide. So we have Mildred Gunning, who's Sarah, the doctor's older mom, who's been aging backwards throughout the yeah. series. Full Benjamin Button. Full Benjamin Button moment. She's in attendance at mass in person for once because she feels good enough to go to out of the house. And This has basically been going down since Father Paul's been visiting her and delivering the Eucharist daily. Huh. Mm. I wonder what's happening. That's sweet. Feeding her some blood. Mm. So she's looking real good. Her hips not broken and she's uh, 20 now. Salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she's 20. She's definitely She's younger than her daughter. At this point? No way. Yeah. She's definitely not. She is. She's younger than her daughter. No, she's not. She still has gray hair. She hasn't had brown hair yet. Brown hair is after in a few scenes. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just you can see the actress now. And like so like I remember whenever I I first watched this series, I think all of us did um, because the makeup is a little wasn't great. 
is it's lacking a tiny bit. I'm not going to lie, but like, I, I don't care. I forgive it, but cause it's almost like a clue because <laughs> and they yeah. keep kind of Mildred in the shadows when she's an old woman. But I'm like, that old woman doesn't look, that woman looks like a w- different woman with makeup on it. Yeah. And it's true, but it's also like, we have a younger woman, like attempting an old lady voice and attempting an old lady posture. Her performance is good. It's almost like comical, but it's probably the best of a young person pretending to be an old person I've ever seen, but it's still noticeable. It's very theater. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's still no- it's a little theater versus like Henry Thomas, like the mom and the dad, Riley's mom and dad. They are obviously aging backwards, too. And you could kind of see it at the beginning when you're like, I think Henry Thomas is younger than that. But theirs is a little more right. convincing because it's not as dramatic, of course. Right. Like he's wearing a hat and like glasses and then yeah. he takes off his glasses and he's a hot boy. He's a hot boy. <laughs> He's been a hot boy the whole time. He can dance around <laughs> a Neil Diamond to his heart's content. Oh, Neil Diamond. Let's see. We're 10 minutes in and Guys, Kate's already the, I can't even Neil explain Diamond. what this show has done for me with Neil Diamond. I didn't like grow up on Bro. Neil Diamond, but I just feel Midnight Mass when I listen to Neil Diamond. Yeah. Did you know that in Holly Holy, there's a line about healing the lame? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it's fucking crazy. It's all intentional. Oh my God. In the first, uh, we didn't talk about it in episode one because I was like, Kate, stop talking about Neil Diamond. But like the very first <laughs> song that they're playing is um, In the Grass Won't Pay No Mind by Neil Diamond, which is just like, if, just if go, go back. It's a very first scene of the movie, but it's like, what a choice. So poignant. What so a beautiful. choice. Yeah. That's one thing I will say. Like, sure. Like maybe the makeup isn't great. Maybe the old people makeup isn't perfect, but like, but it's hard the to rest do. Of it, yeah. I don't care. Like the music yeah. is great. The score is incredible. Um, yes. the cinematography is amazing. The, the yes. monologues are hit or miss for me. I'll be honest, but I think most of them that are coming up in the next three episodes are all hits for me. Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that the monologues are awkward sometimes, but I like them anyway. <laughs> Ariana likes a ramble. She loves I a religious like a ramble. ramble. I like a ramble. I want to know what the characters are thinking. I feel uh, like they told me like five times. I'm like, I get it. 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 No, I want more. I'm like, tell me again. Not always, though. Not always. Tell me your feelings. Tell me your feelings. Tell me your motives. I want to be you <laughs> and understand you in every way. Tell me. Tell me everything. Well, now Riley's loose, though. Because he lets Riley's him go. Loose. He's like, all right, bye. Bev Keen is pissed. Right now, we're still at the mass. Oh, we're still so, at mass. That's right. Yes. So she's, so Mildred, she storms out at the end of the mass and she says a weird line. And I don't know if you noticed this, Kate, but she goes, that's not the man I knew. And it's like, at this point, zero people have had the reveal that Monsignor Pruitt is actually Father Paul. She has. No, she has. But she says it out loud to her daughter. Yeah. And her daughter's like, the fuck? I, her daughter doesn't understand what's going on, but honestly, that's like probably the most lucid thing she said in a week. So it's like it is. But it's also very interesting that I mean, I guess at this point, she just kind of has been rambling and saying weird shit. So like her daughter's probably like, all right, mom, like whatever. But it is a weird line to say when we, the audience and a few select characters know and by select characters, I mean, Literally Riley and that's it. Bev and, you know, the Sturge and the mayor, the, the people who people. watched him die, <laughs> the people who watched him die and figured it out. But it's just like a weird line. I was like, oh, like I didn't realize that was kind of like a weird time for her to say that out loud when no one knows about it yet. But anyway, I think she was just having feeling. Well, because she, she was just saying because she's the reason she said that to her daughter is she was like, I don't want you going back to the mass. 
Like you're done. Yeah. You're not going back to mass. Yeah. And then she's just like, that is not the man I knew. So I can, I can see her just like panicked, just like saying it being like, listen, you're not going. And that's that. Yeah. It slips out and it's weird and it's for the audience, but it's also like, okay, it's mystery. your daughter has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I like it. Cause it, otherwise it would be confusing why she's storming out when she is seemingly like the closest person to her. That's what I mean. It's for the audience. Yeah. yeah it's for the audience. Okay, so later that night, Riley finally shows up to Aaron's house and she pissed. Of course she, she is. <laughs> but she agrees to go offshore in a boat with him. Wait, He's no. like, do this with me. There's a scene we have to talk about first before we get to the boat scene. Oh my God, but please, before we get to the boat scene, give me time. What scene? Give me time to process. Yeah. No, just the whole scene between the priest and Riley when Riley's coming too, which is kind of patched uh, like throughout the episode, but... It's yeah. Riley figuring out that the priest is Monsignor Pruitt. Another great performance by the the priest because he's like, come on, you know who I am. We're past this. Let's go. Y you know what's going on. I need you to like be in this with me essentially. And like you were chosen. It's you've never, it's not like you to come here in the middle of the night. Like that was God's plan. Like you were always such a smart kid. You always listened. Like it's so important that you listen to me now. And Riley's like, no, you, like you're a murderer. Like, you're a murderer. And the priest right. is like, okay, mur a murderer, maybe so was Moses, but like, I feel no guilt. And he goes on saying like, I don't feel yep. guilt about killing anyone um, because it's, it nourished me and it was God's plan. And how does that make you feel? And Riley's like, that makes me, cause keep, keep in mind, Riley has a ton of guilt um, from the reason he's been in prison the last four years, which is he killed like a young girl in a, drunk driving accident and so he's like you're a murderer that's terrible terrible and then the priest is like no like how does that make you feel like stop bullshitting me and he goes jealous yeah and then he uses serenity to encourage riley he's like this like you're you're gonna feel like you'll feel at peace like you'll finally be able to let go because like we've had this whole redemption arc for riley up into this yeah. point of like how is he gonna redeem himself in his own eyes let alone like the eyes of the church the eyes of his family um, so that's like a very, a convincing argument for vampir vampirism. You know what I mean? To take someone who desperately needs redemption and have someone to say, this is how you get it. How is, how, wait, I'm confused. How, if you follow God's plan, which this is what he thinks God's plan is for him. If he's like, oh, if you lean okay. into this. So he's like defining a way for Riley to redeem himself. Yeah. Cause Riley's upset. Like Riley's not really stoked on being turned into a vampire all of a sudden and realizing that. <laughs> <laughs> Monsignor Pruitt's been going around eating people <laughs> like and that he's part of this game. So Monsignor has to do like a very, very convincing argument for him. And he does. And then he lets him go. And Bev is like, well, I, I don't like it. Why are you letting him go? And this I thought was really poignant was the priest is like, no, no, that's what apostles are for. How else does gospel spread? Yeah. It's like the beginning of the end. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's twisted this idea of religion to fit what he wants to do in that moment. And that's just the, he's yeah the whole thing. This is the whole, that's it. The whole series. It's this idea that people will use religion to do bad things and create this idea that it's, you know, basically human error influences mm -hmm. religion. And that's pretty much what he's going through right now. I don't think that the priest is being malicious at all. I agree. Well, that's how people are. That's what how all these 
religious people are. I, nah, I'm convinced. I disagree. No, they definitely do. Like, think about Bev. Like, there is not a moment where she wavers and she is doing evil things. Like, people that are at the peak of their religion have convinced themselves 100% that everything that is happening is for a reason. And mm -hmm. even the things that are questionable, there's got to yeah. be a reason. Like, they believe that through and through that sin is sin can be completely rinsed away just with belief yeah. and faith. Yeah. And you can take that and go very bad with it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I do think that there's this cool kind of like underlying, um, like theme throughout the entire, the entire fucking series. That's like forgiveness and guilt. It's like this constant, like Riley's forgiveness and guilt, like Monsignor Pruitt's guilt at, you know, losing opportunities that we'll talk about later. Mm -hmm. Like there's just constant, you know, people feeling like they didn't do enough. And I think that is at the heart of Catholicism, to be yes. fair. Like, yeah, I think that's why people refer to it as Catholic guilt. Like that is a yeah. very, very real thing is you need to forgive yourself. You need to seek forgiveness from others. But also, how are you going to use your faith? Like, are you going to... Because we have like this perfect foil character with Bev, where it's like, you have Monsignor Pruitt, who's like, let him go. God brought him here. God is going to bring him back. Like, this is all God. Like, he he is just doing this with absolute faith, with a plan, but with faith. And Bev has faith too, but Bev is... um, Bev's number... Number one for Bev is always going to be Bev. Yeah. But you want Bev on your side. That's for damn sure. You do. You you, want, you don't want to be on her bad side. You don't want to be on the opposite side of Bev. No. <laughs> anyway, so Bev is like, why are you letting him go? He's like, what Like, what do you think was going to fucking happen? Like, this is part of the plan. Stop fucking questioning me. But in like a very polite, religious way. <laughs> <laughs> I also do think that in this scene, we find out that Bev is salty that she's not chosen. Oh, for sure. She's like holier sure. than now from moment one. So she's like... I deserve this. And that's why I think mm -hmm. she believes she's good. She believes everything she's doing is for God and she's delusional. She's delusional. <laughs> very delusional. Mm -hmm. We love Bev. Oh, we adore Bev. She's an amazing Bev character. Bev Keen. <laughs> Bev Keen. Yeah. All right. So now we're, we're back with Riley and Aaron. So Riley tells Aaron the story of Father Paul and Joe Colley and the angel monster and how it attacked him and turned him into this being that burns in the sunlight. And he tells her that Father Paul revealed to him that he's been mixing the angel's blood into the communion wine to heal the residents of the island. Gross. And at this point, Aaron kind of puts it together that maybe this is why she had a miscarriage. So there's that whole layer where she's like, oh my God, like, now I have a reason for this thing that's been eating away at me. Like maybe mm -hmm. I kind of want to believe him, but he's also on a rowboat with her at night, miles away at night, miles away from the shore. So she's like confused, saying scary stuff and suspicious of everything he's saying. And she asks him why he brought her onto a boat so far away from the island to tell her these things. And he's worried he's going to try to hurt her, which is a fair worry. Yeah. Um, but then he tells her, which is so cool, such a great moment that he brought her to the boat to isolate himself so he couldn't change his mind for what was about to happen. And that he was so sorry that she had to see this and that yep. he's always loved her. He confesses her love, his love for her. His lifelong love. 
Kate's about to cry, guys. I'm actually about to cry. Like, it's so <laughs> Kate sweet. is crying. Okay, so the sun rises. He declares his love for Aaron and he bursts into flame. And it's such a beautiful moment. Kate's crying. It's such a beautiful moment. Well, tell, because him, what he, they, tell him what he sees. He sees. Yeah. As the sun comes up. So he sees the sunlight. Also, guys, I don't know if we've been alluding to this, but there's been like multiple conversations between him and Aaron about his recurring dream where he's on a boat by himself, sometimes with Aaron in the middle of like the water isolated. And then the sun comes up and then the dream ends. So this is like a recrudescence of his dream, which I think is pretty fucking cool. But it's really cool. It's such a cool scene because he opens his eyes like the sun comes up he closes his eyes and then he slowly opens them and he sees the woman who he accidentally killed in his car accident while he was drunk driving and she's welcoming him to heaven like she reaches out her arm to like lead him to heaven and she's beautiful we're up to this moment we've seen her as kind of like a monster because when he thinks about her he pictures her dead face with like glass in it And now we see her in her beauty and she helps him to heaven. But then we have that basically transition to what Aaron is seeing. And it's just like Riley's face, just like fucking melting and flaming. And he just turns into a pile of ash and she's screaming, horrified, watching it happen. Kate's fully crying, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like... Shouldn't have, the mascara you know what I, the mascara. Fuck, I know i know i'm literally i'm like trying you to just like up. have it go in the bottom lashes and not touch the top lashes it's fine <laughs> this it's is fine. the first time kate's ever cried on the pot i think <laughs> i don't i highly doubt that but if, it, if i ever was going to it's going to be episode five of fucking midnight mass jesus you're Christ. right you're right this, hurt. Is the, this is the perfect time to do it <laughs> oh my god it hurts so bad yeah, it's terrible and beautiful and well planned. And also like, holy shit, I did not think that was going to happen because Riley's like the main character. He's the yeah. main character. It and- was a Ned Stark moment. We all watch our main character die halfway through. It's fucking crazy. And like right, right before, like whenever he gets set loose, like you see like his like tapetum lucid and like the flash behind yep. of his eye, like he's looking yep. at the lights at one moment in the boat. He like looks up and he looks at the galaxies and the stars and everything's like glowing and it's beautiful. gorgeous. And, but yeah. then also he like goes to like pretty much say goodbye to his family while they're sleeping and he's he can't get close to them because he can like see the glow of like their pulsing blood and yeah like their necks are glowing their hearts are glowing and he is hungry and he's like fighting this urge it's just like the most selfless like this this idea of being chosen which is a big thing in this show um this idea of being chosen for something bigger than yourself um yep the redemption arc is just like the most beautiful redemption arc I've ever seen. Yeah. A billion out of 10 buckets of tears. I was going to say, I wonder how, uh, I wonder how Kate's going to rate this series. A billion, trillion out of 10. Keep listening to find <laughs> Kate's wet tears. <laughs> Canoes yeah. full of wet of tears. 10. 10 out of 10 tears of Kate. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I, to- I texted Ariana because I was having a bad day that day and um, I texted her and I was like, wait, have you seen? Because I was going to see if you could do it, watch it with me. I'm like, did you already watch episode five I know yet? I felt bad. No, but I, I couldn't because I had already and watched it. I was like, I'm, I'm, I know what's coming. Like, it's going to hurt. And you're like, yeah. And then Nick was busy. It he, is. Didn't, <laughs> he didn't watch it with me. And I literally, I posted it on the Instagrams on an Instagram story because I was just like 
hysterically sobbing at yeah. this scene. It oh was it's God. just so beautiful. It's just the, one of the most beautiful, poignant scenes. So earned. The perform the performances are incredible. Again, the weaponization of near my God to thee is just like a direct stab in my heart. A perfect it's scene. It's a great, it's a great song. Great song chosen for this moment. And it is also at in a few episodes, too. Again. Oh, the pain's not done. This is just the like the most of the pain. not done. <laughs> Guys, it's fucking crazy. So now Riley's dead. He's Riley's so in heaven. dead. Watching shit go down and Aaron sitting in a boat full of ash. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she's just in shock, just like looking at a boat. She's just awkward. Like you can tell she's just like staring at this pile in of shock. ash. Like it's probably been maybe hours at this point because the sun is like pretty high. Yeah. And she's just like finally recovered enough to like move to grab the oars and paddle back to shore. And she goes straight to visit Sarah, the doctor, which I feel like is very smart because she's smart. Who's going to be your ally. But mm -hmm. Sarah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sarah, the island's doctor. Um, so. So Sarah, during this conversation, shows Aaron these blood samples that she has uh, collected from her mom, who's aging backwards, and from Aaron when she had a miscarriage. And she shows her that they just like burst into flame in the sunlight the blood is as a way of being like listen i believe you weird shit's happening yeah and then she like makes this offhand comment that's like i've been looking into this myself or i was about to reach out to some other doctors and ask them about this but what i haven't yet fuck? yeah i would have been on the goddamn phone <laughs> and i'm just like in what fucking universe have you not called anyone about this shit yet i thought that i was like maybe you're a bad doctor actually she's a bad fucking doctor <laughs> no you know what she's not a bad doctor she is a bad doctor character yes 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 it's hard to make a i think it's just really hard to make a medical doctor character unless you have a like a medical doctor consultant because and they're honest they need to be very involved and honest otherwise people yeah. are going to be like this would not happen like this people just isn't. there's other lines <laughs> that i have a problem with from sarah later where i'm like this is not something you would be bringing up at this moment like it's right. just stupid shit but yeah. i like her as a human character i don't know if i like her as a doctor character no i agree and again it's not we don't have a problem with the blood exploding like we're like oh that like that's sick that's awesome oh yeah totally yeah that's where i suspend my disbelief we have a problem with why have why didn't you tell anybody about this <laughs> yes you know any medical doctor who has a fucking vial of blood that explodes in the sunlight is writing some kind of paper is trying to get their name on some sort of disease <laughs> they're trying to discover shit oh my god yeah they're like this is great news <laughs> yeah they're like I want this to be called the Sarah Gunning disorder. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I would have been like, I'm taking mommy to the mainland and I'm getting all the credit. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. It wouldn't work though. I'm healing my mother somehow. Yeah. Or <laughs> my mom is aging backwards. Like, let me tell someone. I don't want it to be called the Benjamin Button disease. I told you that already. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Gunning disease. I don't know Sarah if that's Gunning. better. I don't know if I'd want my name on a terrible disease, but. If it was a disease that made people hotter. You're right. You 1000%. Yeah, I was like that what is are you the only about? disease I want to be on. <laughs> Hot vampire disease. <laughs> the disease where people get become hotter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so then Sarah bops over to the sheriff, just bops and gets on him over. involved. She tells him her theory that 
Father Paul has been inducing these miracles via consumption of communion wine. And that's not what the sheriff needs to hear, you know, no. because this bitch, <laughs> he's been going through it. And there's just not enough time to tell you guys everything this guy's been going through. But I can't. But it's a lot. And he does not want to be tangled up with some Christian nonsense right now. He does not want to be seen investigating the church. Absolutely fucking not. He has a lot going down. God, he's like a fucking course. Oh, also bowls missing. He's like, cool. His Muslim son is going to church because Bev Keen is saying it's cool at school. Yeah. His son (sighs) is struggling with his religious identity. It's a whole thing. So the sheriff has an amazing Mike Flanagan monologue. A Mike monologue, if you will, about how he became a police officer to stop terrorism. But bitches be racist. Bitches be racist. (laughs) And he tells Sarah that he came to a tiny white Irish Catholic island to escape racism. You sure about that? You sure about that? (laughs) You sure about that, though? Um, sure. So he tells her he doesn't want to further alienate himself from the locals by investigating the Catholic Church, but like he'll keep it in mind. Like <laughs> he's like, heard okay. that one before, Sheriff. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> something weird going on at the Catholic Church? We'll write that down. We'll uh I'll put it on my list. list. <laughs> <laughs> so so Aaron, Sarah, Mildred, the good guys, um, mm-hmm. attempt to take the ferry to the mainland to escape what they suspect will go down at the Easter Vigil Mass. But they find out that the mayor had dismissed all of the ferries that day, so they're cut off from the mainland. Hmm. And that night, Hot Boy Sturge cuts power to the town (gasps) to further isolate everyone. So now everyone's fucking isolated on this tiny-ass island, and it's nighttime, and it's scary. And it's time for Midnight Mass. Yes, now we get to have Easter Vigil Mass. Easter! Which, what is Easter all about? It's about resurrection. Resurrection. Yes. So he, right, you know, I guess Easter Vigil Mass is the night before. And it's supposed to be like when they actually discovered that like Jesus's body was no longer in the tomb. I thought that was during the day. No. Oh. They do it. That's the the night before. Like that's when he's rising. And then the next day they're like, they come to the tomb and they're like, He's not here. He is. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So Father Paul at mass, Easter vigil mass, midnight, reveals that he is Monsignor Pruitt. And he invites the angel into the church. And he's just slowly walks in wearing a fucking chasuble. Wearing a chasuble. Oh, my God. It's fucking weird. Special order that shit. Like, my thing is like, what is the angels? What is the (laughs) angels vibe? I want to know that. I want to know what the angel is thinking. Like, is he an alien? Is he like on team Pruitt? Is he just doing shit for his own gain? Is he here to wear a chasuble? Like, I don't understand. I think he is here. Maybe he is an angel of God, but not a good one. Right. Like maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe Mm. we don't know. We don't know. We don't have all the answers. Maybe he is. He clearly has some sort of insane influence. And whenever he came in in the chasuble, I was like, wait, (laughs) because before this, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before this, he was like, you know, kind of like bat naked, you know, and you're like, oh, it's like a creature. It's a vampire. Got it. And then he walks upright with his wings folded back in holding. What does he hold? like a. I think he's just, 
I thought he just had his hands folded like he was praying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like He's prayer like hands. all folded up. So it's like, oh, you have like some intelligence. Like you're smart. That's the thing. Yeah. That's why I'm like, what are your motives? Yeah. And I I, that's I, what I, I think the motives are to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like eat as many people as possible. Well, that's the thing is I think if there's room for some sort of prequel, <gasps> here it is. Tell me, wants more tell me motives. the lore. Tell me who this angel is. Tell me why he looks like that. Take me to Jerusalem. Is he intelligent? Is he just like thousand and thousand and thousand year oh, old fucking absolutely. vampire? Absolutely. He's like, he will Father ancient. Pruitt look like him in thousands of years? I think so. Yes. Do they slowly age? They're immortal, but they like age poorly. Um, I think it's so I watch a lot of what we do in the shadows and it's like, which is not a perfect vampire comparison, a little bit of a different energy. Um, but it's like, it's like old, like you have to be like centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries old. And it's just like you like wither and dry, but you're still alive. You're yeah. still alive. Yeah. So you're not hot forever, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's like the more you ingest, the more creature you become oh see this is the kind of shit that he can put in his fucking prequel this is amazing i like that premise i, I think it makes amazing. sense and I, I think that this vampire this angel absolutely spoke to monsignor pruitt in that cave in jerusalem saw this opportunity you think he spoke to him he spoke to him yeah like so this was all a big plan you think what did he say though I, we don't know what he said no i know but what do you think he said um I don't know. I don't think he speaks English. He doesn't. I don't think he can speak to people. I don't think he speaks English, but I think he did speak to Monsignor Pruitt. Do you think that? I really think that. You don't think he just bit him like a vampire and then Monsignor Pruitt put this whole thing on him? No. And said, this is who you are and this is what you're doing? No, I think that he is involved. Really? Wait, based on what though? I, the fact that it was in a deserted cave in Jerusalem, like in the Holy Land. If it was like, yeah, I found like a bat in a cave in Michigan. Sure. I'd be like, all right, we dressed him up in a chasuble. It's very fun. But there's something like there's too many ties to the Bible. There's too much religious symbolism. You're in a cave in the desert in the Holy Land and a priest wanders into it. It seems almost like God's plan or like someone's plan. Yeah. I think the reason that they made it like in the Holy land for me was to pull into question all of these stories in the Bible yeah. that are like, were those just vampires? Like, right. That's why I think that's the biggest thing for me is when they are describing like Saul's transition to Paul, I'm like, was that just a vampire moment? Right. Right. I Well, I think that, Ariana, I think you're going to be disappointed because I don't think that Mike Flanagan wants you to have a clear-cut answer. I know. I know. <laughs> She's well, so disappointed. In my, in my head, I don't think the angel's involved. I think it's just like a fucking rando vampire creature that is just like trying to get what he can get and just like in Saw it for an the opportunity. Blood. He's yeah. clearly intelligent, though, and he didn't massacre— He's intelligent because he wants more blood. Yeah, but he, but then again, he didn't like just massacre the island and move on. He could have. Yeah, I guess so. Well, let's talk about the next scene and say, why, like, why would he be involved in this, in this next scene? Unless we are trying to have a uprising, whether it's an holy or an unholy takeover. That's what I think it is. I wonder if the angel is intelligent enough to want to be treated like a god, but not intelligent enough 
to be like, I'm a religious entity. Like, because I think he's on Monsignor Pruitt's side. I think he, but I think the extent of that is because Monsignor Pruitt treats him like he's a god and it's like bowing to him and like, yeah, yeah, like calling him angel and praying to him and whatever. But I don't know if um, anything more than that. I don't know. I just don't have any evidence. I think I think he I think he has an ego and I think he has intelligence and yeah. I think he has a I think he has a plan. Yeah. Creepy. I don't I don't I don't I don't know that it's entirely his plan. I think most of it is Monsignor Pruitt, but I do think that it yeah. is he is influencing the game to his benefit. Yeah, I could see that. So here we are. So we're at Easter Vigil Mass. Father Paul reveals that he's Monsignor Pruitt and he invites the angel into the church. And everyone's shocked and confused. Invites a literal monster into the church. <laughs> and he walks in wearing a chasuble and it's campy and hilarious. And then Pruitt tells them that they've all been fed the angel's blood weekly at mass and then encourages them to drink poison to die and be reborn. <laughs> what? He's like, don't worry. You guys have been doing well because I've been slowly feeding you blood from this creature. Yeah, don't stress. <laughs> chill <laughs> yeah i feel like this premise of like the catholics are actually vampires like is so funny and random and just like campy and like the fact that mike flanagan can take such a weird idea and uh -huh. do it so well is just like such a testament to like how great of a fucking writer and director he is yeah well a lot of it and i've i've i think i've probably said this before because i think this a lot but people say write what you know yep he mike flanagan was raised catholic and he was raised watching a lot of horror movies and he was an alcoholic and he was an altar boy yes yes and he's irish like <laughs> so like yeah of course he's gonna like put this all together and it's gonna be bizarre and weird but it totally makes sense and it's like of it's course so that, it's like Amazing. But it's like there was so much room for there to be just like jokey weird shit. And it just like he didn't. None of it was jokey weird. Yeah. It was beautiful the whole time. Beautiful. Crazy. Anyway, so many of the churchgoers, including Lisa's parents, Sturge and the sheriff's son, drink the poison and then die immediately in a ball of flames. They just cough up blood and yeah. die. The people who have been um, metaphorically drinking the Kool-Aid, literally drinking the blood the whole time are like bottoms up. They're like, all right, drink this Dixie cup of poison, fast acting poison. Yeah, fast acting poison, which is not real. But anyway, no, it's okay. Um, but we don't want to sit there. What are they all going to do? Stand around awkwardly until they're like organs fail? Okay, but they can. That's the thing is, there are other ways to kill yourself besides drinking, like drink a di something different. Drink something that will kill you immediately. I don't mind it at all. That see, that's the thing. Like things like that, I don't mind. Like if it's like quick ex like explode blood out of your mouth and then drop dead from like the quick dixie cup of poison i don't mind it i really don't because it's fun <laughs> it is fun it is fun and it's not like a huge problem i have with it it's just like you know there are other things it wouldn't you know? work like that well it's like it has to be i think that there's a bit of a um, it's it's like drinking the kool-aid right it's it's like jones yeah, town you're right it's if like they hey, want to make that very much yeah they want it they, it, they want it to be like of, yeah. yeah yeah and like a simple like a cult symbol and also like um like people are opting in essentially, even though they have locked the doors, not that anyone yep. knows that, um, but they have locked the doors, but like people willingly drinking, I think is very symbolic. Yeah, I agree. Versus if the, pre if like, I don't know, the vampire angel comes in and just starts slitting throats. <laughs> That's a little different. Yeah. Or drink, po like I've said this, before, drink acid. 
I don't know. <sighs> acid will kill you immediately. Oh, where are they going to get acid? Where would they get 1080? <laughs> um, they use it for the rats and dogs that are mean to Bev. <laughs> there are acids you can buy. Oh, my God. Okay. Ask, ask Terrifier where he got his acid. I will. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so in the commotion, the sheriff commotion. pulls a gun on Pruitt. This is really scary. When the sheriff pulls a gun on Pruitt to prevent his son from drinking the poison. But his son does this anyway and dies. And this is a great scene because it's literally created this scenario where the sheriff as a Muslim is just so desperate to keep his son from drinking the poison of these crazy fucking lunatics. Yeah. That he's shooting in a church. And then of course, Bev is jumps on that shit immediately. And she's just like, you know, how dare you bring a firearm yeah. into the house of God? And I'm like, bitch, yeah. you poison, you have you created mentally this. poisoned my son. And I had to sit yes. and watch it and couldn't do anything because then I'd be anti-Christian or whatever. Yep. And now you're going to literally poison him? No. I am going to get it's, my gun out. It's just so desperate because the oh. whole time, you know, the sheriff's goal is to not appear threatening, to not yes. appear like a terrorist. And he's forced into this role that's basically the fear of Bev Keen this whole time. And it's just so crazy and powerful. And it's just like an empathetic moment for him, deeply empathetic. And you're so annoyed at the sun. You're so angry. The son is a dumbass. Yes. Dumb. Because he's like 15. <laughs> he's 15. Like they're so he's dumb. He's a teenage boy. He's just trying to be with Fit the cool in. kids and do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Episode one, they're like, I think he has like a racist, they call him Aladdin or something. Like they're being racist yeah. to him from the beginning. And he's desperately yeah. trying to fit in. He's like, I'm not, I don't want to just be the sheriff's son. Like I'm a cool guy. So he's yeah. so ripe for cult yep. influence, you know, and Bev targeted that shit immediately. And it's just sad. Yeah. Uh, like, like kid, God damn it! Listen to your dad right now. <laughs> there's a there's a I, demon behind you. Let's go. Let's leave. <laughs> it's really hard. I think it just shows how hard teenagers have it when you're like trying to become your own person, but you also don't know what's important to listen from your parents. Still, yeah. like you know a lot of what they're telling you is important, but you're also like trying to test out the waters and be your own person. And I think it's really hard. Yeah, and it that's is hard. Obviously, an empathetic moment for a lot of us. So. Ugh, Every single kid. character has an empathetic side, except for one. And we all know who that is. Our bitch and our goddess. Her. We love her. Never, never an empathetic moment. Bev is bad the whole time. <laughs> so this part's pretty cool. Mildred steals the sheriff's gun and shoots Pruitt in the head. She shoots her BFF I can't. in the head. Right in the head. And then is... Fully attacked by the angel. So that's the part where I'm like, okay, so the angel likes Pruitt, but why? Why does the angel attack her? Pruitt is the cult leader. Pruitt is the one. Yep. If he cannot show up in a church and be like, hey guys, you want to be friends? He can't do that, but he's got this highly charismatic leader, yeah. highly respected leader that can he can do everything through. That's much smarter. It's insane. He's definitely an intelligent creature. It's just like, why? I'm confused. Why you do things? And he gets pissed when he gets shot. He he is pissed when Mildred shoots him, shoots uh, the priest. He, he like lunges across the he church. He flies across the flies. church, grabs her. She screams. He throw like literally carries her outside and just like fucking destroys her. Destroys her. But she's been drinking 
the blood for ever. So she's obviously not really going to die. And then at this point, she's outside dying. And the newly undead churchgoers are resurrecting and attacking the people who have not drunk the poison. So it's just like fucking chaos and so scary and so awesome. It's a literal massacre. The doors are barred. It's fucking crazy. It's like for for all the people who are like, yeah, it's slow in the first couple of episodes. I'm like, it gets very unslow. <laughs> it's like they just it's such a concentrated amount of action in the last half because it's all been a plan. It is literally all a plan for this one yep. day for Easter for this mass for this one moment. Yeah. So Aaron, the sheriff, Lisa, Sarah, Warren and Riley's mom are escaping out the back, but Riley's dad is taken down by the undead people. So they're like, oh, bye, Henry Thomas. And they come into the back of the church and Bev is, of course, hiding in the back while the undead congregation are tearing each other up. She gave them all the blood. She gave them all the poison. And then then hid. Then hid. What a bitch. Like a fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What a bitch. What a bitch. So then Aaron finds her hiding This part is great. This is the part that we all as the audience have been waiting for. Aaron comes up to her and is like, you fucking hid. And she goes, what are you going to shoot me with that gun, Aaron? Like, what's that going to buy you? Five more minutes? And then Aaron, like before she finishes her sentence, Aaron just like fucking shoots her dead. Couple out. And we're like, yes, there's no lead up. It's just like we were just so much tension is released in that moment. We're just like, thank God this bitch is fucking shot. It looks like we, we got, got five, five minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like comedic timing. Perfect. We it's were like, perfect. yes. We needed it then too. It was like, oh, We needed okay. so much release of watching Bev get shot and then Aaron making a casual joke yeah. that's not really a joke. It's Give so us a good. little bit of hope, guys. Give me something. Yeah. Because now it's a battle. Now it's good versus evil. Now we have team good and team bad for mm-hmm. sure. And then Bev, of course, resurrects because this bitch is drinking the Kool-Aid every fucking minute. Mm-hmm. And she and Sturge decide to unleash the dead churchgoers on the rest of the island. Which was not Monsignor Pruitt's plan, by the way. Right. His plan was to have a similar session to like what him and Riley had. Yeah. Where there's like a, this is who you are now. This is what your goal is. Like, this is to spread the word of God. Like, it's all very like focused on the religion aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, let's domesticate the wolf before we let it exactly loose. Yeah. <laughs> but Bev is feeling good. She's feeling strong. Her eyes are Bev shiny. Psycho. Yeah, she's finally been chosen. <sighs> finally. Lucky bitch. Yeah. So now we're in the last episode, Revelations, Dun-dun. which is great. Revelations is a fucking crazy book. Oh, I definitely haven't read have it. Have you read Revelations? I have not read it's the Bible. It's fucking crazy. Is it? You haven't read the Bible. No, Episcopals don't really read the, like, we'll like, you know, like one story, the gospel of the Lord, praise be. And then like, that's it. But I never like had a Bible growing up or like cared about it. Wow. (laughs) I know. Well, Revelations is the only book that you should give a shit about because it's fucking cool. It's like about the end of the world. Oh, Oh, well, I I know some of Revelation. Yeah. Just from pop culture. (laughs) Honestly. Very cool. The coolest book. Fangirl over here. She's a Bible fangirl. Fangirl, you know. So Mildred reunites with the resurrected Pruitt. So now they're cute and they're both young. And we get a moment 
when we, the audience, finally find out that they were lovers years before. And we all kind of knew it's it. It's very sweet. But he basically... They have chemistry. They have cute chemistry. Like Pruitt basically reveals to the audience that Sarah is actually his daughter. Um, <gasps> and then he reveals that his entire motive for bringing the angel back to the island was so that he could help Mildred have eternal life so they could have a second chance to be together because he regrets and feels guilty that he never gave up priesthood for Mildred. Mm-hmm. So there's another guilt moment. More guilt. All the Catholic guilt. And Mildred's like, nah, man, like you did you, I did me, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he he wanted to know his daughters and he couldn't know his daughter in that way. He had to like see her grow up. Yeah. And the whole time she's been alluding to the fact that he watches her and it's creepy and he's always staring at her like throughout the whole series they keep implying that like he's staring at her and she is a lesbian character so right she I guess they sort of imply that she thought it was because of that mm-hmm. but then we find out it's because he's her daddy yeah he loves her it's very nice yeah and he wants to know her but he can't but he can't very tragic it is so tragic. And it's also like, oh, like you may be whatever you are, but you're also human because this is not all for God, is it, bro? Definitely not. Not. Definitely it's not. not. He's a flawed character. And that's the thing. It's like humans putting this idea of religion into their own motives. You know, mm-hmm. they're just creating this scenario where they can be both religious and get what they want. Right. That's exactly right. And it ends up bad in this episode. (laughs) It doesn't end well. (laughs) There's a moral here. Do do not do that. A few morals here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So Aaron figures out that after the undead churchgoers run out of people to kill and eat on the island, that they plan to go to the mainland and spread the vampirism. Spread the word of the Lord. Spread the word of God. And so Aaron, Sarah, Riley's mom, Lisa, and Warren go around and set fire to the boats to prevent people from leaving. They're like, now you can't leave, bitch. You're stuck here. Yeah. She just goes completely rogue. She goes totally rogue. Like, yeah, Monsignor Pruitt got shot in the head, but he'll be back. Like, give him a minute. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, we're not talking about Bev. We're talking about the people. We're talking about the other people, the good guys. They're setting fire to the boats. Oh, to keep people from leaving. Oh, okay. Sorry. There's a lot of fire in this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. lot of fire. Hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. There's a lot of fire. So now we're talking about Bev. Good guys burn the boats so the vamps can't go to the mainland. And then we have Bev losing her shit, as Kate said. <laughs> Always. Absolutely fucking losing it because she's now not only a crazy church lady, but she's an immortal monster church lady, which Bad combo. we love. We love it. <laughs> so Bev leads the newly turned churchgoers on a rampage, killing everyone they find, including their own family members. So oh, yeah. people are like killing their parents, killing their siblings, killing their children. And it's, you can see people being so unhappy and scared with themselves but they can't help it yeah and it's really sad oh my gosh one guy is like i think i killed my son like i think i ate my wife (laughs) i think i ate my wife what the fuck bro yeah see this is why we were supposed to have a little 
debrief session before we let loose on the island. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oops, now you're going to think about that forever. Bev, God damn it. So Father Pruitt is horrified by the violence and denounces Bev Keen. And then we have a Bev Keen specialty moment where she denounces Father Pruitt saying that he's weak and he's a false prophet because she just basically can make anything seem true because out of the the charismatic people she is I think the most charismatic yeah she can spit out some bible verses that suit her that that suit her yeah. narrative you know what I mean she's just reaching grabbing whatever she needs in that moment she convinces the mayor to get rid of a body for her yeah she does by just quoting the Bible and putting Catholic guilt on him. Mm-hmm. She is a fucking master manipulator. Yes. Ugh, so good. So she then orders the remaining followers. Now she's kind of in charge. She orders the remaining followers to burn down everything except for the church and the rec center, which she intends to use as a shelter from the sunlight in the morning, but only for those who have been faithful church people. It's a cleansing She's going to pick and choose who survives. She loves to pick and choose. You know what I mean? She loves it. Mm-hmm. This is like the dream role for That's the crazy shit. church lady. Right, right. Ugh. So Aaron, the sheriff, and Sarah attempt to burn down the church and the rec center because they're like, nah, you're going to die when the sun comes up. And then Sturge catches Sarah like throwing gasoline in the church and shoots her in front of her parents, Mildred and Pruitt. It's very sad. It's so sad. I know because it's like they finally have time together Mm -hmm. and then she's dead. And she's (laughs) dead. Yeah. And now she's dead and she's dying and they're holding her and they're trying to feed her their blood and she's like, turn her into a vampire last minute. Yeah. And she's spitting it out. She's like, fuck your blood. Oh, I want to die. Oh, man. Kate's going to cry again, guys. It's just so hard. <laughs> I, it hurts. Yeah, it is really sad. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so then Bev mortally wounds the sheriff oh. and then finally verbalizes her true racist thoughts. Like she calls him a terrorist. It's oh, a whole thing. God. It's so cringe to watch. It's just like. We knew you were fucking thinking it mm-hmm. like we knew it. But she would like pretend she would be like, oh, that's what I, mean. I resent that accusation. If you know, yeah, I'm handing out Bibles at school. But if someone wanted a copy of the Quran, you know, like I would give that to them as well. Why don't you want me to educate people? I- I'm upset you would think that about me. And then it's like we we fucking knew it, Bev. And then she's like a fucking monster. And she's like, you terrorist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great. Just waiting for you to die. We all knew that was the case, though. Sad. So then the angel attacks Aaron. And as the blood is being drained by the angel, we get these flashbacks to when her and Riley were discussing what happens when you die. And it's very beautiful death. They give her a beautiful death, in my opinion. She's like feeling the grass. The most beautiful of death. staring at the stars. She's... There's a vampire drinking her blood. It's amazing. <laughs> and she's using this knife that she somehow has to slit holes in the vampire's giant bat-like wings mm-hmm. to prevent it from flying off the island, which is like an amazing thought. So smart. 
We love so a smart. smart character. She is so resourceful and smart. She's so smart. She's like, nah, you're not going anywhere, bitch. Like as he's like noticing, because he's like enraptured in like the the blood juice. He's like, yum. But he'll he'll like <laughs> yeah. he's like, ow, like he'll like cry and like go like to look at his wing and she'll like grab his head and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And like put, put it, it back, back in her, her neck. neck to be like, yeah. no, 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 no. Don't worry about yeah, that. Like, Don't worry about it. Yes, yes. So good. Yeah. She's fully sacrificing herself. Her and Riley fully sacrificing themselves for the greater good. That's what this is. And that's, like you said, the foil of these false, you know, yeah. good people, the church people. It's like the people who are crazy. actually selfless, the people who are actually right. following what you would say are Jesus's preachings. Right. right. Those are the people that yep. are giving their lives to, to yep. save others to save others so the churchgoers seeing how bev has descended into fucking chaotic madness have a change of heart and Oops. they're all of a sudden all of a sudden realizing what they've done and they've killed their family and they're coming out of it a little bit and they're like fuck and then they all abandon bev and the sheriff's son burns down the rec center which is amazing little moment for him I'm so proud of him there yeah he's like you just called my dad a fucking terrorist bitch yeah no and that is the last remaining structure on the island so now everyone who's a vampire is fucked because the sun's about to come up and they're all just mourning they're all upset because they've all either just lost someone or killed someone or some fucking terrible shit and they all have great endings in my opinion every single one of them has an ending that is so perfect for their character yes. like we have father pruitt and mildred and they take sarah's body to like this bridge that she loved as a child and they just like die together as a family oh my god like as the sun comes up like they they're like holding her of course near my god to thee is playing again god damn yep, it we can't we have a <laughs> callback of that god damn it's it it's great and they're holding her body and the sun is coming up and they're on the bridge and they just like share a kiss it's the first kiss they've had yeah and they share a kiss and then they're set ablaze and it's like beautiful yeah totally roasted totes roasted <laughs> toast roasted and then we have um of course ollie and the sheriff on the beach that was the saddest of all of them doing their yeah that was a hard one so the sheriff is mortally wounded but he's still kicking a little bit and he decides he's gonna pray to allah i'm not sure what the prayer is called but it's the one where they face i guess east west i don't know oh i'm not sure it must be east if they're facing the sunrise it's east yeah so they're praying their last like muslim prayer and ollie's like all into it and then the sun comes up and ollie is roasted boom roasted boom <laughs> roasted but like the dad like falls over and like just dies of like blood loss and then ollie puts his hand on his dad's back yeah and then it's he sets so a blaze <laughs> i'm like yeah. oh my god stop like stop Ow. oh my god amazing and then we have bev keen in that's her the best final one. yeah that's the best one that's the one we've all been waiting for we have bev keen in her final moments she's covered in blood desperate for some sort of shelter in the last moment like you think she's accepted her death she almost did she's like looking at the sunrise she has this like face this knowing look on her face yeah and then she like hesitates and she starts she's like uh, then she just starts digging into the sand like a little rat yeah and crying like she's ever gonna dig enough to 
Yeah. So she's digging and digging and then the sun comes up and boom, roasted. Roasted. (laughs) And then we have everyone else on the island, including um, Annie and uh, Henry Thomas. And they're basically leading because those two people probably are the most like true religious, you know, true what Jesus would want, righteous people leading the group in a song to like calm everybody so we can like all die together in a very calm way. It's so sweet. And it's beautiful. And of course, everyone has amazing voices and it's like an angelic song. And then the sun comes up and it's so fucking creepy because the song just like fucking stops silence ends. once everyone is roasted. <laughs> Boom, roasted. And then just ash rains from the sky. And then just ash rains. Yeah. We have Lisa and Warren, the two sole survivors who rode offshore during the commotion. They were, they were, they were escorted by, I think, Aaron. I think Aaron got, Aaron got him out. Yeah. They were like, you guys need to go off the shore. Like, we'll take care of this. Like, you guys need to leave. So they are offshore away from people murdering everybody And they watch as the angel attempts to fly off the island and then like his wings are failing. So they're like, oh, he's fucked. He's not going to make it. Yeah. Yep. And then Lisa, the last line, Lisa just who, you know, was healed, was in a wheelchair the first four episodes or whatever, and then was healed. And she's sitting. It starts to rain ash. And she goes, I can't feel my legs. Yeah. And they kind of like (laughs) laugh like they're like, oh, sure. Yeah. It's over. Like, it's like, it's like, it's over. It's done. She's paralyzed again, which I think is meant to represent like the fact that the angel's dead now. The angel's dead is what I got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because all of the blood that he, that they had in their bodies that was healing them is now not a thing anymore because he's dead. Angel died. And so did (laughs) I. And so did Kate. Kate only cried like four times, guys. I did really good. Yay. A round of applause for Kate keeping (laughs) her tears in her face as best as she could. I really did. I only used one tissue. She only used one tissue, guys. Only used one. What a great fucking show. I want to give a big thank you to everybody who let us use... The two movie episodes for October, which are, that's prime, that's prime time right there, baby. It's spooky season. That's prime real estate. Uh, really, thank you for letting us um, do this and talk about this show that means a lot to us and that I've been wanting to share with the club for a long time. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I want to know what you think. So definitely reach out on social media, email me, get on our Discord if you're a Patreon or chat straight on our Patreon. I want to talk more about Midnight Mask, because there's so much more, obviously, that we can't fit in here. There's so much more to talk about. Yes. Um, But thank you. Just a big thank you. Also, thanks for letting us, like, get our lady boners for Mike Flanagan reared up (laughs) right before Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for Fall of the House of Usher. I am stoked. I can't stop thinking about it. Is Priest in it? Can he be? I don't know. Actually, is it too late to invite him? Can we invite him to watch it with us? No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Damn, he is so fine. Kate loves it. I can't explain it. Listen, the hot priest is like the female gaze. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I was like, no, but I'm going to nod in support. The thing is, is like, I'm trying to picture it. Like I'd never seen him before this show that's the problem is like i saw him in other shit and he was like a funny comedy dorky guy and i can't unsee that 
So see, I'm into that though. No, but like he was like the brother of the main character. It was just like very not. He was not meant to be attractive at all. So I don't know if he's supposed to be here. I, but he, he definitely is. is. He definitely. You is. think so? One hundred percent. The way he sits in his little folding chair. Let me tell you, I when I posted our first episode. Oh, I know what photo you I picked. literally typed in Midnight Mass Priest sexy so that I could find the sexiest picture of him <laughs> and make it the thumbnail for that episode. And people are fucking raging about how hot he is on the internet. Oh, that makes me so happy. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. And I do appreciate that you picked that one. Yeah, thank you. I noticed it and I and I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, should I do Hot Priest or Bev Keen? And I feel like for this episode, maybe we can do an evil Bev Keen blood down the front picture because that's a good one yeah that is, and that's a, and like i said the the real like the foil yeah like the yep the opposite that's the thing is like he is the antagonist of the first half but then at mm -hmm. last episode he becomes a protagonist and you're like oh this is beautiful we love this and she becomes the real so beautiful antagonist yeah so redemption for everyone but bev made a list of things I don't like and a list of things I like for this. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> okay. Tell me. I'm going to tell you my list of things I didn't like is a lot shorter than the things I did like. So obviously I'm going to tell you things I didn't like first so that we can end on a high note. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Don't, don't break my heart here. <laughs> I already told you I didn't like Henry Thomas as a fisherman. I'm not convinced he can play a gruff character. Well, I don't know what it is. I've just seen him in too many like cutesy, cute little dorky dad roles. He's just not, I don't know. He just has like a little baby face to me too. He reminds me of my dad in this show a bit. Really? Yeah. Like the way he kind of like acts and talks and responds to things and even kind of the way he looks. My dad used to have a mustache like that. So for me, I, I think I'm biased and I'm like, yeah, that's a dad. Okay. Okay. But I, I, I can totally understand being like, Henry Thomas, why are you wearing weird makeup and <laughs> pretending that you're a fisherman? And another thing. I'm just and another thing. <laughs> I already mentioned this. Sarah Gunning. Yeah. It's annoying that you don't look into the blood that catches on fire. Yeah. That's not something that would be realistic for a doctor to do. I'm sorry. That's a bad doctor. <laughs> you're, you should probably look into it. Tell someone, <laughs> Google it up to date that shit i don't know <laughs> try also when you're like i'll take a look i'm not a vet but i'll take a look and then instead of doing doctor things she's like did anyone see him eat anything yeah literally literally honestly though that that <laughs> felt like me whenever we're on like a plane and they're like asking for a medical professional and you're like uh uh kind of technically but I'm not of any <laughs> use to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, I can do three things. I can check for a pulse. I can do chest compressions. Is it cardiac? Yeah. <laughs> or is it like a crazy other. anxiety attack? Because <laughs> I, I can't you. do shit with that. I can't help you. If he's hemorrhaging, I can pack that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And tourniquet. But usually not what's happening on a plane. But yeah, I get her being like awkwardly like, uh, also, where's the vet on the island? <laughs> None. No, I thought about that too. I'm like, no vet. Hmm, okay, there's no vet. I guess they're just hoping for the best. And uh, okay, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> it's no big deal. There's one dog on the island, and he dies. So like, we really don't. <laughs> he dies need one. young. So <laughs> we don't need a vet here. Ugh. There's a shitload of cats, but they're all the way over there. Not our problem. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And they also die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all dead. It's fine. 
it's fine. The other thing, maybe if they had been vaccinated. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd been on preventatives. If they had had their heart guard that month. LOL. Lol. Maybe, though. Maybe, though. But, but really, <laughs> we just, but. Never say never. Vet care is important. Anyway. <laughs> the other thing I don't like about this bitch is this monologue she has about, quote, insane anemia, porphyria or whatever, and how that could be related oh, to vampirism. Wait. And she's like, if you're anemic, you just want blood. And it's like, no, mm, do you, though? <laughs> you're hungry for it. <laughs> I mean, sure. I guess if you have iron deficiency anemia, but like, uh, I don't know if that can cause a, quote, insane anemia. Um, I don't know. I'm fine with it because it's like vampires. <laughs> but like, we also don't need that. No, we yeah, did I didn't not need, need it. that. I didn't need it. We didn't need it. I Like, she could have just been like, this doesn't make any sense. Done. Yeah, exactly. Like, there is no medical explanation for a vampire. There are ghosts in the blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, get the leeches. The stupidest thing for an MD to reference. <laughs> I've seen dogs with a hematocrit of nine that are just... Walking right. around, bopping around, <laughs> eating. It's like, mm, they're not sucking other dogs' blood, but okay. All right. All right. Not a believable doctor character. So those are the only yeah. two things I have yeah. that I did not like. Only two. I had one. Oh, yeah. What else? Um, Lisa Scarsborough's monologue. I hated every second of it. Oh, I could tell. I could tell you, could you tell? didn't like it. How could you tell? When I was talking about how I loved that scene, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, your face was like, mm. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. But then, then I said, Lisa Scarver's, she's not the reason I like the scene. Yeah. I like it for Joe Colley's reaction. He, his reaction is beautiful. And I think his reaction is, is a really good example of good acting and how good acting is reacting. Yes. And, um, yeah. Poor Lisa. And it's not overacted. It Hers is, is questionable it's acting. like bad teen acting right next to like an incredible actor. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. And also it's like not really very forgiving. Like her whole thing is like, I'm here to forgive you. But she like shits on him really hard and is really mean to him. Yeah. She's trying to make it real, but it's almost like, ooh, you're kind of hitting him while he's down yeah, there. Yeah, I'm like, you're being a bad person now. Like you're being bad. <laughs> You're the baddie, Lisa. Like, just because you got legs yeah. now doesn't mean you, you can be a bitch to everybody, okay? She goes in and she's like yeah. reaming him, talking about his, how his place is a shithole and all this shit. And then she's like, but I forgive you. I'm like, get out. Just get out of here. Uh, get out of here. That's the only thing with Mike is you know that I he has a penchant for the monologues. And I don't think they're always that good. And that's why whenever he's working with Stephen King, and I said this on Gerald's Game, when he's working with Stephen King novels... He can do the monologues better because he has better source material to go off of. And I think with many of the mm. monologues in this, he gets very repetitive. They're they're long and repetitive. And, and I'm like, we blah, blah, blah. Like, we get it. Let's go. Maybe we'll shorten them yeah. and make them a little bit more concise, a little bit more focused. Have fewer of them. I like them, though. I like when we take a break from the action and we just get to know the character. But I do see what you're saying. There's times where it takes me out of it because I'm like, okay, the other person wouldn't have let you talk this long. Right. That's how I felt. And <laughs> that's like, how I felt okay. with Aaron and Riley's monologue a little bit. Yeah. And I liked their They were monologue. just both really quiet. They would, Yeah. They would just yeah. like take turns opening their mouths for like three yep. full minutes. And then the other person yep. wouldn't respond to what they said. They would give their own monologue. <laughs> it was just like... 
monologues responding to monologues. <laughs> Not a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I like it, but I don't like, I don't know. It's just a style of writing and directing. Yes. And, you know, if I had to choose one, I'd say I like it more than I dislike it, but it does take me out of it. I agree with you. That's my, that is my only criticism of this show. Fair. Fair. The rest is golden. The rest is perfect. The rest is amazing. The rest is outstanding, one of a kind, beautiful, poignant. Love it. Love it. Don't love a monologue. Don't love Lisa's character. Don't love how <laughs> muscular her fucking legs are in her skinny jeans. You really don't like Lisa. No, I don't. I, I really had a problem with Lisa as a character because she was like pious, but bitchy. <laughs> I don't like it. Like Bev was like that, but Bev was a villain. Right, right. Well, and with Lisa, you feel bad. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like she does have a storyline where you're like, you forgive her for her shit more because she's been through a lot. She has. But with Bev, you're like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I think that I don't I don't think that girl has forgiven anybody. (laughs) And that's fine. But let's not act like you're better than Joe Colley because that's not how it works. And also you only forgave him because now you're right. Right. Like now you can forgive because it's not a thing anymore. I don't know if that's how forgiveness works, but okay, sure. I, yeah, and I just, I just thought that she was. I thought everyone on that island was just so mean to Joe Colley, obviously, but like especially just with, and that part's a bit real. This idea of like, we're religious, we're all God's children. Not you, but not you. You're gross, but not you. Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa just like personified that for me, so I was like, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I get it. I would be also very frustrated and annoyed. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. I agree with you. She could have been she could have been like this martyr character. and yes. She wasn't. No, she was not. Definitely not. But my favorite character. So we're now we're going to talk about shit that I'm obsessed with. Yay. Amazing. So number one is Bev. She is Bev. the epitome of the self-righteous, holier than thou church lady. Every single character has some sort of empathetic storyline, except for our girl, Bev. Mm-hmm. Even when she's pathetically digging into the fucking sand, trying to escape her fate before she bursts into flame, we, the audience, are like, good, fuck you, Bev. LOL. You know? We're not like, oh, we're not. It doesn't make us question how we feel about Bev. We're like, good, fuck you. What goes around comes around, bitch. <laughs> yeah. For real. I loved watching her digging in that dirt. I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. Like a sad little rat. Absolutely. Go for it. It's not going like to work. A little rat. Your face is on fire. Yeah. She did an amazing job with that, though, where she yes. like you could tell she like sort of resigned to her fate and sort of maybe felt bad. She did. because She knew it was coming. The sun was coming up. But then all of a sudden it just was like a desperate attempt to, you know, it only lasted for a little bit. And then she was back to being Bev. Yes. Yes, exactly. It was like, I've learned a lesson. No, I haven't. Dig. <laughs> Dig. Immediately forgets learned lesson. Nothing. <laughs> Digs in ground. No. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> I will also say Bev is a great character. The other character that I feel like was very much, you know, extra. It was like extra. It was like, this is so much more than I needed, but I'm here for it, is the sheriff storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It didn't even really need to be there that much. Like, they could have probably... I liked it. After all... All of the, out of all of the characters, they probably could have made the sheriff just like a normal white guy sheriff with no like storyline of like racism and having been through everything with his wife. And like it wouldn't have changed how the story progressed that much. No, but the whole new layer mm-hmm. of complexity and character depth of like 
this guy, he lost his wife and now his son is questioning her faith and his faith. And it's just like this pathetic thing at the end where you just feel so fucking bad for this shit this guy's been through. Feels so bad. And his monologue is the one that really summarizes, I feel like, the biggest theme in this when he's talking about, you know, people fucking up religion. Yeah. And it's just so cool. And he was probably my second favorite character. I really like the sheriff a lot. Me too. Wait, so Bev yeah. and then the sheriff? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I loved Riley. <laughs> Riley was... Riley's great. One of my favorite characters ever. I don't know. And he's like mo- mostly silent. <laughs> Are we going to cry again, Kate? <laughs> no, stop it. I won't. I'm not going to cry. Um, but I do love Riley. I love Riley's <laughs> character. I think he's beautifully acted and very understated. I think like he got it. He understood the assignment. Not like Lisa. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, him him and the priest, him and Hot Priest are my fave. And Bev, obviously. Hot Priest? Oh, yes. I absolutely. love Hot Priest so much. Every time he was on Such screen, I was like, ooh, we're going to get a yeah. treat. He's going to say something We're going to get a treat. A little treat just <laughs> for me. So when it, that whole scene of like them, anytime that they would be in the rec center, like having their AA meeting or even after like Riley gets bit and turned, like anytime that they had any dialogue together felt so real and fresh and good and actually like a back and forth. I don't know. Loved it. Yep. Their di- they, and yeah. I think just their scenes in general just like stole it for me. So I agree. I think that AA meetings were so cathartic to watch because I feel like Riley is the voice of the generation that was here during the mainstreaming of the evils of organized religion. Like we've all been seeing this shit go down for years. And as we're watching this, we just have all this like pent up angst towards organized religion. And Riley just so beautifully verbalizes that to the priest. And he has so many monologues where he just says what the atheists and all the religiously jaded audience members are thinking. Yes. And it's very cathartic because it's like, wow, I totally agree with you. I've just never been able to like verbalize it the way you just did. Yeah. He had a lot of time to think about that shit in his four years in prison. He did. That's what it must be. It's just he's been totally thinking about it. Well, because whenever he went to prison for four years, the, the one thing that his mom gave him and they got that he got to take in was the Bible. And that didn't mm-hmm. work for him, did it, right? Like, he didn't, like, find God or any sort of shit. Right. Well, he said he read the Bible. He also read... All of it. The Torah. Yeah. All of it. He them. tried all the religions and tried to find God and couldn't. Interesting. Interesting. But I like that part. I also liked this very focused theme of alcoholism. Yeah. Obviously, we have been talking about how Mike Flanagan is Catholic. He is also currently sober and dealt with alcoholism you. earlier in life. And that's really hard. We have so many alcoholics in the story. We have Riley, Joe Colley, Aaron's mom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this shit is like how alcoholism affects you and affects people around you. Mm-hmm. And the idea of restraining yourself from something that's impossible to resist. Mm-hmm. And that's like the blood Mm -hmm. metaphor. You know, when you're a vampire, you just like fucking cannot resist drinking blood. You cannot resist alcoholism. It's like almost on the same plane. Yes. Yes. And they even literally mix the angel's blood and the alcohol. Like they're like, this is the same. (laughs) We're like, yes, we get it. You know, I don't know that I ever thought about it like that. That's I I actually didn't. I, I don't know that I put that completely together. That's really brilliant. Yeah. That's really brilliant. It's fucking amazing. 
The depth is crazy of the symbols and metaphors in this fucking shit. It's so good. Mike Flanagan, we love you. We love you. Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> yes. I think I think the alcoholism and then the last theme, it's the one I've been talking about. It's how religion can be fucked up by people and very beautifully summarized by the sheriff's monologue um, about how the Bible is great, but humans have misinterpreted a fuck ton of it. Yes. And this entire series is about how people can misinterpret things. And then we have the dangers of organized religion because people are misinterpreting things Mm -hmm. or interpreting them uh, in a way that benefits them. Yeah. And it's all just human error. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout this entire series, like Monsignor Pruitt is making mistakes that are human error, you know, not having he's drinking Joe Colley's blood. He's not feeling guilty about it. And he's hiding behind this idea that like it's God's plan and it's the bigger picture. And, you know, that's how people get to where they are. That's why there's so many crazy cult leaders, because they lie to themselves and they can get to that point in their own mind. It's just insane. Like he's like, oh, I'm bringing the angel back so that I can cure all these people. It's like, no, bitch, you wanted to be with the love of your life. Yeah, because you're a human. Mm hmm. Priests are human. Like, I think the problem with organized religion is that people do not admit that they can be at fault. I think they've just been told over and over and over that they're the father, they're Mm -hmm. the monsignor, they're infallible. And it's like, no, we need to all be on the same page. Right. Like, you need to understand you're capable of human error. Everyone in your congregation needs to understand And people need to be believed when they bring allegations against you. Yes. Because everyone's capable of this bullshit, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, you know, you can confess God will wash away this sin, but it doesn't. That's not to say that you can go around doing whatever you want and then confess to it afterwards and you're all good. Exactly. That's always been something that bothers me (laughs) a lot. (laughs) It's like, yes. Yeah. Yes, but. (laughs) Yes, but try to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe next time try. Maybe maybe don't bring a vampire home. Maybe don't. Don't maybe do that. Don't bring eternal life to your significant other just because you were afraid to be with her in your youth. Oh, it is. And now sad. everyone's dead. <laughs> now oh, and now everyone's, everyone's dead. fucking dead. Now your daughter's dead. You everyone's happy? fucking dead. Good job. Amazing. Oh, but I love Hot Priest though. What a good character. What a great Kate's like, still, I would do it, though. Still, give it all away. I would throw it all away for him. (laughs) I remember um, whenever I first started watching this series, I I can go back and some of my old video game characters are saves because they're called Monsignor Kate. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like, like, Monsignor Kate. Or anytime I'd walk around and be like, hello, Monsignor Nick. He's like, oh, hello, Monsignor Kate. Oh, that's kinky. We like it. I could have, I was in, I was in Rome. I almost bought like a chausable. It was just there for sale. I was like, that's ridiculous. I need it. And I was like, no. You were like this. This is what I need for Nick. Tempted God. (laughs) No, I'm wearing the chausable. (laughs) Oh, we get it. Now we all understand. Yes, 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 yes. We all get it. (laughs) I did. And I was like, I I don't need to be like smote in the middle of Rome right now. So I'll, I'll just get a keychain. Buying a chausable. Instead. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking Americans. I don't know. This close, bro. This close. He's on a mannequin and everything. I was like, oh boy. Oh boy. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Here for it. Here for All right, it. So I have a few more little things I liked. Tell These me. are just little tiny things. So I, I noticed this and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but 
I felt like in the middle of the season before we knew about vampires and what was going down and people were like slowly getting cured, but like we didn't know why yet. There definitely were some lighting choices that caused people's eyes to glow. Like the people who like before their eyes were like intentionally glowing. Like there were definitely like moments with like Annie and Ed, like Riley's parents were the eyes would like catch the light. And mm-hmm. I was like, are their eyes glowing right mm-hmm. now? Like, mm-hmm. so maybe that was real. Maybe I'm just looking for shit. I no, don't know. I think, it, I think it was intentional because of how much they intentionally use light in the rest of the show. Like not just mm-hmm. with like the reflective eyes, but also like the lanterns, the lamps, the sky when Riley's like looking up at the sky yep. after he's been turned. So no, I think, I, I think that that was intentional and subtle and beautiful and great and brilliant. I love it. And pretty. Yes. Beautiful. It's something I didn't notice until this rewatch. Pretty great. Mm-hmm. Something else I didn't notice once Pruitt becomes evil, that bitch is wearing eyeliner. Pruitt? Did you notice that? There was, <laughs> yeah. So he looks just like a nice, cute little priest. But then there are scenes like scenes where he like the time after he kills Joe Colley, like the scene when he's like reading Riley's note that he left him <gasps> and he's angry and he crumples it up. That bitch is wearing like eyeliner on his waterline for no sure to make him look wonder evil. I like him so Kate's much. Like, this is why there I have a lady is. boner for him. <laughs> <laughs> Chausable eyeliner. It's really not that hard. This is Kate's type. We're all learning a lot. Give give me a speech, a sermon. <laughs> give me a sermon. Mm, yum. I thought you were giving the sermon. I thought you were the priest. I am the priest, but I also, I want to be him. You're like, I'm the priest. I'm also receiving. It's priest on priest. (laughs) sermon. Priest on priest action. Yeah. (laughs) The ultimate fantasy, right? Right, girls? The ultimate. Just me? (laughs) Just me? Oh. (laughs) Is it, is it just me? Just me? (laughs) Nick's listening to this like, no, 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 no. Putting all the, putting all the rosaries away. He's like, why did you bring a wimple? Are you going to be a nun for... (laughs) You'll find out, sir. Don't worry about it. I was a I was a slutty nun for Halloween a couple of years back. I remember you had the black contacts. contacts that were yeah, that was cool. It was spoopy, yeah. Black contacts. That's how I wear my. That's how I live my life every day, Kate. Oh, is that black contacts? Is that why you? That's can why I have shark just eyes. Stare directly into the sun while I'm like squinting in Irish eyes. Yes, it's um, called melanin. Yeah, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have some. So I can see outside melanin. Even right now, as I'm recording, I'm looking out this window like like I'm blinded. Yeah, you are. You are squinting. I can't see. Anyway, that's not the point, you guys. Kate, I have something to tell you, and I hope you didn't know it already because you're going to get excited. Okay. did you know Carla Gugino's in this? I beg your fucking pardon. (laughs) Mother, our mother, Carla Gugino. She was here. She's the voice of the judge who sentences sentences Riley. <gasps> Why does that make me so happy? That makes me so happy. They could have used anyone. They could have literally used anyone. They're like, here's an Easter egg for the fans of the Mike Flanagan and Clanagan. That's and us. We're here for it. Oh my god, I love that. He's like, I d- we didn't forget about Carla. They're like, you guys, she's here. She's here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, did you know that Mike Flanagan made cameos? I'm like, no, I didn't. Where is he? <laughs> so he is a young priest in Jerusalem in the flashback scenes. He's wearing a hat. Oh. And he's also a rando on his patio as the kids bike by at the beginning. Oh, my God. OK, I'm going to have to go back and see that. We love it. And then, Kate, there's more. There's more. There's so much more. Oh my Did God. you know 
that the Oculus mirror is in this. Shut up. You always say that and I've never seen it. You said that in Gerald's game too. It's definitely in Gerald's game. It's definitely in this one. It's in the background of the rec center when they're at their AA meetings. It's like on the stage. No, I'm looking this shit up. Yeah. It's like in the back no, it, right corner. It's, it's stage left. AA meeting. Stage left. Stage left. All right. I got a picture. I see nothing. I'll show you later. I'll send you a pic. Lies. <laughs> I saw it with my own two shark eyeballs. Well, see, that's probably why. The melanin, yes. Okay. The melanin, you need melanin in order to see it. I do. I actually do need it. Wait, this one's great too. You ready? I am ready. So there's a scene when Bev Keen is taking mail out of a mailbox. And the name on the mailbox is Jobert, which is the last name of the Midnight Man from Gerald's Game. For God's sake, Mike. You didn't have to do any of this. I love it. I love Eating it. Eating it with a spoon. Yum. Delicious. <laughs> Damn I it, Mike. I love that man. <laughs> what an angel. What an angel. All right. That's all I got. That's all you need. That's all you needed. That's all you needed. Today. All we needed. Yum. I am, sati- I am satiated. I am full of vampire blood. I need blood. an Easter egg. I need multiple I'm, Easter eggs. I, I need to go out and light a bunch of buildings on fire. You know, vampire things. It's Halloween. Just, you know, revelations things. Just Fine. girl things. <laughs> Just <laughs> girl dinner. <laughs> Just girly dinner things. How do you think this did critically? I'm really afraid for this one because I briefly did some research looking into some reviews and I stopped. One, because you were doing that on the couch next to me and I was like, she got it. Um, She's and fine. two, some of them weren't nice. <laughs> And they were mean about Midnight Mass. And I was like, no, you're wrong. No. So I'm worried that this didn't do well. I'm worried that people didn't have the patience for the first three episodes or four episodes, to be honest. I'm worried that the monologues drove people away. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to guess audiences give it like a, oh, no, like, oh, no, like a 73. And critics were a little worse and gave it like a 68 Ooh, close oh no i didn't want to be close so the audience was 78 hey 78 was close and then critics were higher at 87 (gasps) yeah they got it they got it (laughs) they are on our side they fucking got it that makes me so happy okay that makes (laughs) i am literally i'm physically relieved okay yeah that's a close one That was a close one. Okay, okay, okay. As long as somebody gave it in the high 80s, I'm okay. We already talked about what we were going to rate this, Kate. We already know. Do we already know? Both of me and you. Oh, like, oh, yeah, of course. But you you go first. You go first. Okay. I think every aspect of this TV series is amazing. I think that there are certain things I look for in horror movies, like character development, symbolism, storyline spoopy vibes this brought it all it had easter eggs it was so deeply personal for anyone who's been in a church ever word um, or had any any thought about religion ever it didn't define anything it just helped you ask more questions and helped you kind of figure out how you feel about things it's amazing the acting was amazing except for a couple exceptions <laughs> One that I can name. (laughs) Mike Flanagan always delivers. We're here for it. 10 out of 10. 
fake dead cats. <gasps> Yay! I was going to do dead cats, actually. Yay! <laughs> 10 out of 10. Wow. Okay. Um, I agree with everything that you just said. This is one of my favorite miniseries. I've watched it like seven times. I already told everyone already knows this. I think I've said it, but like literally I was watching this with my husband as it was coming out and it was the October that we were getting married. So it was like wedding planning. I didn't have a lot of time. And whenever I did have time, I was watching this show. And then we went to our honeymoon and we had the last episode left and we really wanted to watch it. (laughs) So we like woke up and we're like, fuck our honeymoon. Yeah. Fuck that. Like we're going to be watching midnight math. So making babies. um, Yeah. We're not. uh, Well, yes, absolutely not. Um, so (laughs) I think it's overall a really, really wonderful masterpiece. The monologues a little bit, a little bit bother me too much. A little bit, a little bit bothers me. But it, it the last few episodes all but like they just make up for everything. So for that reason, right. I'm giving it a, a solid nine and a, nine and three quarters. <gasps> oh, I know the monologues got a ding. Lisa got a ding. I'm sorry. Oosh, nine that's and crazy. three quarters. Canoes full of Kate tears. Yeah, that's a good one. There's a lot of Kate yeah. tears for this one. There's a lot, a lot. Made Kate but, cry four times in our recording, and yet it wasn't perfect. <laughs> wasn't perfect. <laughs> Well, no, it literally just, I like every, even every time I would watch through, I would like cringe watching that monologue. It bothered me that much. Ooh. So, okay. I'm, okay. I, I got a doc just like ugh, a tiny bit and it hurts me All to right. do it because this movie, this show is still incredible in perfection and I want to eat it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. So don't get me wrong, but Lee's is bad and I don't like her. Okay. I agree with that. I'm here for it. All right. Where are we going to rank this? Because for me, this is like top 10, but I don't know if you feel the same way. I, I absolutely feel the same way. So, um, oh, amazing. Hill House is number three. Mm, mm-hmm. I like Hill House better than this. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think Hill House is a, a more uh, smoothed, a more uh, polished, a little bit more polished than this one. Yeah, uh, I think a top ten for sure. So, top ten right now. I think Repo is going to get bumped. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bless you, Repo. You made it really far. So, Repo, American Psycho, Silence of the Lambs. Rocky Horror, Jennifer's Body. We're counting down here. Yes, yes, yes. Starting at 10 is Repo, then American Psycho, Silence of the Lambs, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Jennifer's Body, Pearl, Barbarian, Hill House, Ready or Not, The Thing. Um, This is better than American Psycho for me. Yeah, Uh, I agree. This is better than Silence of the Lambs for me. I agree reluctantly, but yeah, I agree. I know. And I think it's, it's, I don't think it's better than Rocky Horror. I don't think it's. Oh, I do. I do. I know you do. But but no. (laughs) I think that if this were me alone, I'd probably make it the new number four. Number four. Yep. That's a good spot. So you say new number eight? Yeah. Make it the new number six. Hey, that's fair. That's, oh, Jennifer's body. No. Bump that shit down. Oh, listen, she's still (laughs) in the top 10. She's so good. So good. Okay. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay with number six and I think it's well-deserved. Yeah. Amazing. Well-deserved. Up there with Hill House, they can hang out. They can hang out. They can spoop around. They can spoop around together. They can plan future Easter eggs for future projects. Hell fucking yeah. Yay. Midnight mass. Yay. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have, huh? Unless you have anything yeah. else. Um, no, I got to go to confession. So. Oh, yeah. I know you do. <laughs> Big time. Trust Gotta me. Gotta wash Big these time. sins away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you guys are having a very spoopy October. I hope you have a very happy Halloween. Uh, we love you. And don't forget to stay spoopy. Stay, stay spoopy. Listen easy. 
you can hear God calling Walking barefoot by a stream Come on to me Your hair softly falling On my face is in a dream And the time will be our time And the grass won't pay no mind Saying nothing Lying where the sun is Begging down upon our side My lips touch you With their soft wet kisses Your hands gentle in reply And the time The grass won't be no mine. Child, touch my soul with your cries. I'm a musical, know what we found. I'll hear a hundred goodbyes, but today I hear only one sound. The moment we're living is now. No, 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 no. Young bird fly And the soft wind blowing Cools the sweat inside my palms Close my eyes and Hear the flowers growing Lay sleeping in my arms And the time will be our time And the grass won't be no mine 